Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Let's get uh, right into today's message, if you will. Uh, can we, actually, can we pray real quick before I do that? Because um, I... Uh, I need I need the blessing of the Lord before I do this. Is that is that cool? And I think all of all of us need it too to to keep our hearts in the right space. So let's pray together. Jesus, we just pray that you would uh, speak to us this morning. God, speak through me. Uh, anoint these words. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for your word and how it's sharper than any two-edged sword. will help it to pierce our hearts uh, and change our lives from the inside out. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. All right. So sometimes the youth. Uh, I got hair in my mouth. Sometimes the youth make fun of me because I'm a little long-winded, so I'll try not to do that today. Um, well, so we're going to just jump right into it. If you're taking notes, which I would encourage you to do, um, if you're taking notes, today's message is going to be titled Call and Response. Everybody say Call and Response. Does, does anybody know what a call and response is? Raise your hand if you know what a call and response is. If you don't, I'll give you an example right now. Okay, ready? Marco. There we go. I was really nervous about that. I was hoping that you guys would all do that. Like, I, I didn't want to be that guy who yells Marco and then it's just like crickets. <laughs> that would have been really awkward. So great job. Uh, but that's, that's a call and response. There, there, you, you say something and then the, the, the crowd or the people gathered would, would repeat something back. Right? Like this. Like, God is good. All the time. Right, so there's certain things that we know, you, you call it out and you respond. And so uh, call, call and response can be fun, like, like a game of Marco Polo or, or a phrase in church that we recite. Or it can be, um, I've seen it a lot in worship. It's really good, especially in the black church. It's a, Man, it's lively. It's fun. And so there's this like call and response. It's back and forth, and it's really, really interactive and really fun. Uh, but as we wrap up this series, that's the other thing. I forgot to say this is the last message on Acts, so hopefully I do it justice. But as we wrap this up, I was thinking about the relationship between the Gospels and Acts as a call and response. So, the, so, so Jesus in the Gospels called us to do something, and the story of Acts continued on till now is our response. And so if Jesus says Marco, <laughs> how do we respond? Polo, right? So it's a, it, it's a call and response. Jesus called the disciples to go in all the nations, baptizing and make disciples in all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the disciples respond. And in so doing that, they show us the relationship we ought to have with the gospel as well. And that's why we've had this series in Acts is because we see the call, we see the response, and then that's how we should respond. Amen? And so to finish up this series, I want to focus on and contemplate response. Let me tell you why this is important. This week I was talking uh, with somebody how in today's society, especially in the social media world, we have seemed to misinterpret that oh-so-famous scripture in James, uh, but we read it a lot of times like this. Uh, Be slow to hear, 
quick to speak, and super quick to get angry. Right? Who's noticed that recently on social media? That, that we're, we don't listen to anybody but ourselves and our own personal preferences. And we speak as soon as we see something. Like there's an article that comes out, and, and, and we've all done it. You don't even read the article. We just comment your thoughts on the, the title of the article. And so, so, so we, we don't listen, and, and we speak super quick, and then, and then we're just so fired up all the time. When, when, when the actual verse says, be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to get angry. And so this friend that I was talking to about this asked me, how do, how do I work on this? Because they felt kind of called out. And I did too <laughs> at, at my own uh, revelation. They said, how do I work on this? And, and my answer was simple. It said, I said, learn to respond rather than to react. And here's why. Because a, a, a response takes understanding. It takes preparation. It takes pondering. It takes contemplating. Sometimes it takes wise counsel. Right? It, it takes really deciding how your response is going to come across. And when a reaction is just instinct. And so if we learn to respond instead of react to what's going on in the world, then we, we, a lot of more good things will happen. Amen? It's like, it's like when you're at home, and this happens, Danielle is... is so gracious with me. Sometimes I, you know, I forget to take out the trash or something, or, or uh, I can't. I uh, left, uh, you know. Oh, this this is gonna really make everybody upset. But sometimes I'll drink a glass of milk and I'll leave it on accident. I didn't mean to do it. I'll leave it out, and it's got that little white ring at the bottom. And Danielle's like, "Dude, you know, like, you know, how long should it take me to clean that?" But you know, she'll she'll ask me ask something more of me in a moment. And we've all been there. Sometimes I just want to react. Well, it's, a, it's one cup. Is that a big deal? Right? Or, or, or I could do the right thing and I could respond. And I could think. I could ponder. I can contemplate. How do I respond to this? And then the right response would be like, you're, yeah, you're right. That's really annoying. So I won't do that anymore. You know what I mean? But when we just react, we oftentimes don't respond well. So response takes understanding, preparation, good execution, and reaction takes none of those things. We find ourselves more at peace, having better conversations, understanding people's hearts more, and being more in tune with where God wants us to be when we respond rather than react. Amen? So we're tackling uh, today four chapters, and I'm going to read every word of every chapter. No, I'm just kidding. Everyone's like, bro, what? No. Uh, it's going to be Acts 24 through 28. And so I'm not going to read, obviously, all four chapters, but they're really good. And so I'd encourage you this week to read through them. And parts of it reads like a novel. It's just this crazy story. And so, um, but on the topic of response, I find three different responses in these four chapters that I want to talk about. Is that cool? Can we talk about them? And so the first response, uh, if you're taking notes, is the response of Felix. And so, um, picking up where we left off last week, so the, the Jewish people of the time, or, or the non-believing Jewish people, the people who weren't of the way, um, were upset at Paul, and they wished for him to be executed. 
So Paul, you know the stories. Paul had been in jail multiple times. Paul had done all these different things. So these, these people, they, they bring Paul uh, to the governor of the time there, uh, Felix. And so they bring Paul to Felix, um, and they, they, they voice all their grievances and say he needs to be executed. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? So they bring him before Governor Felix. Paul states his claim, and Felix doesn't really find him guilty, but wishes to keep him in prison while he figures it out. <laughs> so let's read in chapter 24. We're going to read verse 22 through 27 real quick. If you have your Bibles, you can open there. If you don't, it should uh, come up on the screen. But verse 22. But Felix, having a, ra- a rather accurate knowledge of the way, put them off saying, When Lysias the tribune comes down, I will decide your case. Then he gave orders to the centurion that he should be kept in custody but have some liberty. And that none of his friends should be prevented from attending to his needs. Well, that's nice. Thanks, Felix. (laughs) Um, Moving on. Verse 24. And after some days, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. And he sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. And as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment, Felix was alarmed and said, go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. At the same time, he hoped that money would be given to him by Paul. So he sent for him often and conversed with him. He's hoping for a bribe, right? He's like, oh, Paul, let's just keep talking, you know. You could really get out pretty soon, you know, right? Verse 27, when two years had elapsed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. And desiring to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul in prison. So there's some interesting info here. First being that Paul was left in prison for two years for really no no reason. (laughs) Or really so Felix could get a bribe or get paid. What I want to focus on is Felix's response to the gospel message. It says... Here, that when, and we, what we just read, that Paul tried to reason with him about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment. And when Felix was alarmed, when Felix's spirit was stirred, when his heart was moved, he responded, go away for the present. So the gospel message was preached to Felix, and his heart was moved. It said he was alarmed. Who's ever been alarmed by how good God is sometimes? Or, or, or for some of you, the first time you ever became a Christian. And if that hasn't happened today, we're praying it does. and Because uh, God is so good. But, but it, if you remember the very first time, it's like, what, what, what have I been missing, right? It, it's this overwhelming emotion. This, and, and so Felix, thinking that he was going to go into this conversation with Paul, being like, yeah, 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 whatever. His heart was moved and he was alarmed. And what was his response? Go away (laughs) for the present. So Felix's response was one of hesitation. Many of us have been there. Right? God calls our name. God calls us to something greater than ourselves. God, God says something specific to us and we say, hey, God, sorry, but it's really not a good time. God says, Brett, I, I really want you to go up to that person that you see right there and, and pray for them. And I, 
too many times have responded, oh, God, it's just really not a good time. Go away for the present. If Felix accepted Christ, he would have lost his job, probably. Lost favor from his wife, who was Herod Agrippa I's daughter. Lost favor with his brother-in-law, who was Herod Agrippa II, king of that area at the time. And lost his financial and economic status, etc. So for Felix, it really wasn't a good time for Jesus to knock on the door of his heart. The Bible says, though, that it is impossible to serve two masters. So when, when and I'll, I'll try and make this as clear as possible. When you put Jesus to the side, he more often than not stays there. When I, just, when I say, Jesus, you know what, it's not really not a good time. It, it probably won't ever be a good time for you. And so the response that, that Felix portrays here of hesitation is not a response that we can have. It's not an, a response that I can afford to have. If God calls me to do something, I, I, I got I to I go. I got to respond. I got to do what he wants me to do. Obviously, if God's calling you to it, you don't really need to think about it all that much. Right, in every other case, like, oh, should I buy this car? Oh, should I buy this new house? Or should I buy this, like, cool little jacket I'm wearing or whatever? Like, should, should I, yeah, sure, let's, let's, let's ponder it and, and respond in the right way. But if God is like, hey, Brad, I want you to do this, yes, I'm here. I'll do it. And it's never the correct response to say, go away for the present. But we do it so often. The time to accept Jesus or respond to the immense calling he's put on your life is right now. It's not tomorrow. It's not in a week, and it's not next year when you have it all together. It's not in this coming January when you're going to do a New Year's resolution. I'm going to serve you, Jesus, with everything I have. <laughs> it, it's not then. It's, it's, it's right now. And we've all done that. Well, I, I'm going I'm to really get my life together in 2022. That's going to be the time. The cool thing is that in order to say yes to Jesus, you don't need to first get your life all together. <laughs> he says, come as you are. But the most important part about that is if you come as you are, you won't stay as you are. And the cool thing is as you grow in Christ, you're not, you're not like growing and becoming a new person. You're discovering who you were always meant to be. Think about that. As you, as you become the identity of Christ, your identity is not changing, it's becoming. I'm not becoming, after, after I died to my old self and become something new, at that point, I'm not, I'm not becoming anything new. I'm discovering who I am. God's not waiting for you to be ready. He's waiting for you to be obedient, Amen. And I heard this phrase somewhere. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And that might be for some of you. The best time to accept Jesus was a long time ago. Let's be real. But the second best time is today. Amen? And, and so let, let's move on to, to this, the second response. So that's Felix's response. Now we're going to talk about the response of the unbelieving Jews. 
And so uh, we have to do a quick story time with Brett. Is that cool? Can we do a story time with Brett? Because we have to get from chapter 25 to 28 really quick. And so I'm going to fast track you through these three chapters and um, hopefully I don't get anything wrong. Read it for yourself. I get it. If I get anything wrong, send me a hate email. It's fine. Uh, just kidding. So Festus succeeds Felix. So Festus is the new governor, right? And when Festus asks Paul if he'd like to stand trial in front of him, Paul asks to appeal to Caesar. Paul was a Roman citizen. He had dual citizenship. And so it was the proper thing for him to try and appeal to the Roman government because he wouldn't be tried for uh, breaking the Jewish religious laws. Does that make sense? So he, he wants to be tried as a Roman, not, not uh, in front of the Jewish council. So Paul asked to appeal to Caesar because he's a Roman citizen and would most likely not be found guilty. And so then Agrippa II, who's the king of, um, over Israel at that point, Herod Agrippa, comes and hears Paul's case. So then Paul states his case, tells, his conversion, tells of his conversion, and then preaches the gospel. And it's so funny to me that, that, that they ask Paul, okay, why are you not guilty? And then he, he just can't help himself but just start preaching to people. <laughs> Right, that's all we should be sometimes. It's like, hey, 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 Brett, like, what did you get from uh, Starbucks earlier? I mean, I got, but the glory of the Lord was just, you know, right? It's like, hey, hey, Brett, what kind of car do you drive? Um, I drive a Toyota, but you know what? Um, I would really like to get an Accord because they were all in one Accord, and, and yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was a bad joke, uh, but we, Paul just can't help it, right? He just starts preaching. And Agrippa even asks him at one point, he asks, like, would you try and make me a Christian by the end of the day? And he said, yeah. <laughs> Paul basically says, yeah. I would, I would want you to be everything I am except for in prison. <laughs> That's what he says to them. He literally says, I, I want you to be everything that I am except for in chains. And so uh, Agrippa responds to Paul by sending him to Caesar, saying... This man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Feels kind of petty, Agrippa. Come on. <laughs> and so now we're on to the next part. Paul sails to Rome. And this is where things get really interesting. So he's being transferred to Rome on a boat uh, by this guy named uh, Julius. That's right, yes. And so he tells Julius, Julius, hey, we shouldn't probably sail right now. The weather's really bad. Um, Paul would know. He's been shipwrecked multiple times. And uh, so he said, he said, hey, Julius, uh, we should probably not go out there right now. It's probably not a good idea. And they said, no, uh, if we stay here, we'll get stuck here for a long time, so we're going to go. He's like, all right, whatever. So they go, and the winds and the waves are going crazy, and, and, and the boat's seeming like it's going to capsize. And, and Paul's kind of like, I told you so. But also he tells them, like, hey, we're not going to die. Don't worry. God's got it. And uh, so then they shipwreck, and they wash ashore on this island called Malta. Everybody say Malta. And this is where things get extraordinarily crazy. Not, they shipwreck. Now they're on Malta. Then when they get there, there's, there's some native people there, like kind of a village, and they're accepting everybody. Oh, this is cool. They're really, really uh, welcoming. And then while they're all hang, hanging out with these native people on this island called Malta, Paul gets bit by a viper. Jumps up and bites him on the hand. And he goes like this. <laughs> the Bible says it goes off him. And he's uninjured and unharmed. So uh, the, these, these native people are watching Paul like, oh, there should be something 
he's going to die. That guy's going to die straight up. He's going to die. He just got bit by a viper. And he shakes it off, and then hours pass, and nothing happens. There's no symptoms, nothing. And so then the native people think that he's a god, and, and, and so that they're all excited. They're all like, like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, he, he got bit by a snake, and he's not dying. He's a god. And it gets really weird and awkward. And, and so then, uh, and then they, after that, they move on from this place, and they get on one of their boats, uh, and, they, and they sail to go on to Rome. Oh, I forgot one thing. Sorry. Before that, this is really cool. This adds to the whole, like, them thinking he was God thing, but he didn't want that to happen. But he, he gets bit by a snake. He shakes it off. And then after that, the chief's father is really sick. So he goes, as we all would, and, and uh, or if I would hope we all would, but uh, the chief's father is really sick. So he goes and he prays for him and he gets healed. And so they're like, this guy can heal people, <laughs> you know. He got bit by a snake and he can heal people. What? And then, and then, so the rest of the village comes and says, like, we're we're sick too. And he goes, cool, let's all pray. And he heals every single person, or he prays for them. And they all get healed by by the power of the Holy Spirit, all all of them. And so, and then after uh, he witnesses to this village, then they then they go to Rome. So now they sail there. Everything's good. No shipwreck this time. And he later arrives. In Rome, And so Paul states his claim in front of the Jewish council in Rome. Some believe and others don't believe, as we see all the time today. But they all leave him after he says this in verse 25 through 28 of uh, chapter 28. Let's read this together. I'll kind of go halfway through uh, 25, so I might skip a little bit here. But... Actually, no, I'm going to read all 25. And, the, and disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. And this is what he said. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, Go to his people and say, You will indeed hear but never understand. You will indeed see but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull. And with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. They will listen. So the response here is that of a dull heart. Never let your heart grow dull towards the Lord. Amen. Romans 12.2 says, Don't be, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And here's the thing. The unbelieving Jews worshipped the law more than the Savior. They were so caught up in the rules and regulations of the law that they couldn't recognize the one who came to fulfill them. And, and so here's a warning I have to us as the church. is We have to be very careful to not worship the idea of Christianity more than we worship Christ himself. And th- this is something I see a lot today, where, where Christianity is like a, it's like a gold star on your resume. Like, I believe this, believe it, and also I'm a Christian. I'm a great person. <laughs> you ever heard, heard someone kind of talk like that? Like, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm awesome. I would never do that, you know. You shouldn't have to tell someone that you're a Christian 
for them to know. So if we, if we worship the idea of Christianity more than Christ himself, our hearts will grow dull as Jesus won't fit inside the box we made for him anymore. And that's what happened to the unbelieving Jews. They've created this box for the Messiah. This is what he will look like. They might have even decorated it a little bit. <laughs> this is what the Messiah will look like. And when he didn't look like that, they didn't throw out the box, they threw out Jesus. Let me, let me tell you, if Jesus doesn't fit in your box, throw the box away. <laughs> you know what I mean? You shouldn't have a box in the first place. And, and so the, the whole idea is backwards. And so this brings me to my final point. So the, the first two points was that of hesitation. And then the second one is that of a dull heart. It, we, we grow so dull to, to Jesus, our Savior, because of our, our worship of, of religion that we don't even see him when he's in the room. And, and so here's our final response that I want to contemplate. Paul's response. How are, how are you going to respond to Jesus? How have you responded to Jesus? Not just the first time. Not just when you become a Christian. But, but every day when Jesus calls on you to do something new. How do, you, how do you respond? Will you put him off for another day? For being honest, we've all done that. We just put him off for, for another day. Will we not accept him because he doesn't fit inside the box that we created for him? Or will we follow him no matter what the cost is? And that's what Paul did. Paul, Paul, Paul didn't put Jesus off to put for another day. Paul didn't try and fit Jesus into this box. Paul followed Jesus no matter what the cost was. Amen? As we've seen throughout the whole book of Acts, Paul followed Jesus from city to city, from jail to jail, from prison to prison, from shipwreck to shipwreck, and even to a snake bite. So Paul did all those things. Paul followed Jesus with, with zeal and with, with passion. He followed him to all these places, to prison, to, to he, he, was on, he was in prison at this time or cap, captive for probably three to four years for no reason. Everyone said, well, he's, he's, he's innocent, but he wants to appeal to see. He was there for four, essentially four years for no reason, at least two. And so Paul will serve Christ through all these, through a snake bite, through a shipwreck, through, through being in prison, through being in jail, through being beaten, from being stoned to almost death. And we'll lose faith in Jesus as soon as we turn on the news and see something that shakes up our world. Our, our faith will be shaken up as soon as, as soon as my bank account might be affected by this. The world as I know it might be a little different, and so I, I don't I don't know if that's I don't know if God's real. God wouldn't do that. Paul never said God God wouldn't let me be in jail. We, Paul never said God God wouldn't let me be in prison. God wouldn't let me be shipwrecked. You know how many of us would have viewed that as a closed door? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we talk about that all the time. Oh God just closed that door. Paul was shipwrecked and he kept going. Sometimes it's not a closed door. Sometimes God wants you to, like, try a little bit harder. The Bible never said that it's going to be easy. It's not. 
that this life with Christ is not going to be easy. But it will be good. Let me tell you this. Paul, in prison, jail, shipwreck, snake bite, stone to death, was, was so much more at peace and so much more filled with joy than anybody who was free around him. He's imprisoned by Felix, and Felix's heart is moved by Paul. Paul's not inspired by Felix's freedom. Felix is inspired by Paul's love for Christ. And so, so for us, what is our response to Jesus, even if we, we just got shipwrecked? Even if I just got bit by a snake and shook it, what, what was that all about? We, we, we so often, it's so tough, I do it too, but we so often just get so shaken up so easy. Something happens, and it's like, oh, 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 and our response is anger and fear and stress and sadness and most of the time, not hope and joy and peace and patience and understanding. So how are you going to respond? Jesus, uh, what I'm watching on the news right now is too important. Hold on. Come back another day. Jesus, I lost my job. I really don't have time to talk to you right now. I got to figure this out myself. <laughs> He's like, well, I had a job for you. Okay, but, you know. <laughs> but we do it so often. God's tugging on my heart. Brett, you need, to, you need to get on your knees today. You need to worship him today. God, it's not a good time. The IRS told me I owe 1200 bucks. I don't have time for this, you know, or whatever it is. Can I, can I share something with you? Jesus cares much more about calming the storm inside of you than he does about calming the storm around you. And that's why he was so upset with the disciples when they were like, Jesus, do you not care? He's like, I'm sleeping, dude. I'm good. <laughs> He's like, where's your faith? Why do I have to calm the storm? You should have enough peace in you that you could calm the storm. Brett, you should have enough light in you that when you walk into the darkness, it's not dark anymore. Brett, you should have enough peace with inside you. When you walk into the storm, it ceases. He's not worried about the storm around you and fixing all your scenarios. He's worried about the storm inside of you. So, so the Christian life doesn't look like walking through life and everything is just great. Blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing, at least not how we see it. But there is blessing after blessing after blessing in here. And that's much more valuable than a nice car, or nice shoes, or a bonus on the paycheck. Those things will come, but, but it's about in here. Amen? Like Paul, if we respond in faith with zeal and passion, the storms will come, and we'll keep going. Most people would have gave up, but Paul didn't. He persevered, and he remained faithful. Faith is more about remaining faithful than a, a moment of mustering faith. The, the, the people that we read about in Hebrews that were all, of all faith, they had terrible moments. <laughs> so it wasn't that they were just here all the time. It was that they kept going. So God's not asking you. That's why he says all you need is the faith of a mustard seed. That's all you need in the moment. But let's just keep a couple mustard seeds all the way through life. It's not like all of a sudden you need a whole tree. Just keep the mustard seed, but keep it going. If you, be, if you will be faithful, you will be full of faith. 
The point is not for us to be separated from the storm, but be, to be united with Jesus in the storm. Not that our goal is to go to the storm, but if it, Jesus is there, I'm going there. Sometimes we'll avoid the storm because Jesus is in it. I'll see you on the other side, dude. <laughs> and he's like, I had something for you in here. Baba, I, uh, my family can't handle that right now. Oh, they can. They will. But now they can't handle the journey around because you didn't walk into the storm. So this week, contemplate your response to Jesus. Is it one of hesitation? Is it one of a dull heart? I don't even, I don't even feel Jesus anymore, to be honest. Or is it one filled with faith and praise and peace and zeal for his house? Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, we worship you. God, we just are so grateful for your love. God, how you lead us, how you guide us, how you care for us. God, how you're more concerned about us than even the things going on around us. So help us, Lord, to throw away the box that we made for you. Help us to follow you. Before we move on, I, I, I would kick myself if I didn't do this, but I, I, I'm going to ask for two responses here today in this room. The first one is, if you've never accepted Jesus in your heart, and every, every eye closed and head bowed, but if you've never accepted Jesus and, and, and after hearing about Paul's zeal for Jesus, you're, you're thinking to yourself, I, I think I need that. If that's you, would you just raise your hand so high, unashamed, that I just need Jesus. Would you, if you've never accepted Jesus in your heart, would you just raise your hand right now? Amen. Amen. The second one is if your response to Jesus has been that of hesitation recently, or if you thought to yourself, I might have a dull heart. If that's you, would you just raise your hand real quick? I want to pray for you. You just raise your hand. Oh, man, it's just, I've been hesitating. I've been, I've, I haven't been on fire. For, I haven't been passionate about God. Would you just raise your hand? Amen, amen. I see those hands. Let's pray. Let's, let's, let's pray this together. Repeat after me. Jesus, I want to follow you. Through the storm, through the valleys, and through the good times. Lord, lead me and guide me. Be my strength, Jesus. Fill me with joy and peace and hope. And help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, the church said, nice and loud, amen. God is so good, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.